0: Hello and welcome to Parent Reality Podcast. I'm your host, Verste Duplessis, from Autist IQ and Dad to Two Autistic Sons. I'm joined, as always, by Johanny Mehrung, founder of Parent Reality. Hello, Yohani.
1: Hello, Abistair.
0: All right. So, today we're going to be discussing your social life and special needs parenting. So, tell me, Yohani, how on earth do you get a social life when you are... <laughs> A special needs parent?
1: Uh, I would just say support, support, support. It's so important to um, to look into your support structure that you have uh, in your environment where you are living. We, as social needs parents, tend to isolate ourselves and tend to be scared to ask for people f- for help because we're afraid they're not going to know what to do, uh, but in essence, that really makes our lives very difficult. If we have nothing to look forward to, if we have nothing to um, just, you know, aim for for fun, it's it's yes. very important.
0: Okay, so that's all very good and well, but how do you actually do that? I mean, there's lots of logistics surrounding just. Getting a social life. So, uh, let's start off with childcare. So, obviously, you want to go out with your friends. Uh, you want to go to dinner. Sometimes you want to just where you know normal parents uh, can just get a babysitter. What do you do if you've got a special need child?
1: I would firstly um, think of contacting the people that I trust with my child. Uh, I. The thing is, you're afraid of inconveniencing people usually. So, um, it'll be you know it, it would be a hard decision to make. But as we discussed um last time in our vulnerability section, we, you know, it, to put yourself out there, being vulnerable and asking for help, um, feels sometimes like a mountain. But it is very important and. Um, you know, it's hard work. It's hard work to arrange something. It's hard work to plan and to put everything in place and to prepare people. All of that, but the reward is so big. So, you know, I would really go first, and I would go for people that I trust, and that would be family that I know can can have a relationship with my child, or um, even the the people that you know, works with my child at, at the schools that are mm-hmm. um, or um, therapists maybe. Because if you start, you know, um, asking around, usually you actually find someone. Either, either if it's, um, you know, specialized tutors or people that has, um, you know, they have experience with special needs children and they maybe have an extra um, care that they, that they give to kids with special needs. Um, but it's hard for us to go that route and being vulnerable. But I would really encourage parents to do that. Um, it is there; the the structures are there. Um, but it will take, a, you know, first action from your side. So go and look for that support.
0: Mm. Well, I know from from our experience because um, we live on the other side of the world from our family. Um, yes. Our Family support structure isn't quite uh, quite the same, so we do rely on uh, on people. Sometimes uh, we get a a service in, but one of the things that I found is one of the most difficult is trusting people. Mm-hmm. Trusting people, not not in that you're worried that they're going to do something to your child, but um, in the sense that trusting them to be able to to deal with. Um, difficult situations that may arise. Yes. How do you get around that? How do you prepare for that and how do you deal with it?
1: In, in those situations, um, you know, just thinking about trusting people, I usually do not leave my children with someone that I don't have a relationship with or that I've seen um, that person spending time with my child or with my children because that that helps me with that trust issue to see. But, you know, and, and, and you have to create situations like that. You know, you have to invite them over and just have social times together or, um, you know, tell them, I need to leave my child with you, but can we just spend time first together just to, you know, familiarize you with the kids as well and asking me any questions if you need to. um that, that really helps because it puts lots mm. of things um, to ease. And then, you know, at the end of the day, if you've done everything and you did all the preparation, and then then you also have to let go. You have to let go that you know this person is not going to hurt your child. Um, you know that this person um, has a good intention towards you and your children. and um, And you have to let go because... You cannot be in control of every situation and every moment of them um, being in someone else's care,
0: okay, so basically it's a lot of forethought and planning that comes yes, into it, definitely. yeah, which yeah. brings us on to the next point, which is planning a social life, because as a special needs parent um you probably need to do quite a lot of planning uh, impulsive nights out don't really happen. Um, how mm. do you go about planning that social life constructing that um, uh, those arrangement with friends so that it works for everybody and that you can get in touch with that side? you know in
1: those um, planning, does not come naturally for me. I have taught myself to plan. um so and and from the babies from baby time, you know we I remember leaving my children with Excel spreadsheets, you know <laughs> and having everything mapped out and really feeling at ease from my side, you know, when I left to leave my children. but also, when we go out, and if you know we have to spend time with friends, we discuss um, what we can deal with and what we can't. So when we get invitations from friends um, or make plans together with people, you know, we have learned to say no to certain things because um, we knew we just know it's not going to be good for us, or otherwise we make the plan to not take some of the children with us um, and put them in their safe and calm environment rather than taking them into a situation where they can't deal with it and we will not enjoy that social event at all anyway. <laughs> so um, that that's really important in our social lives, is it is the planning, it is the boundaries, saying no to certain things and also just Realizing what will be good for whom in in certain situations.
0: One of the things that I found Is that even though they might have good attention some of our friends really find it difficult to understand the situation um, yeah. How do you how do you deal with that with 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 friends or social acquaintances who don't really but, understand? the the situation for your children and um, when they're either with you in a social situation or um, that you might need to cancel things because of the situation that you're in? Uh,
1: like I said previously as well, honesty is the best policy and it's a hard thing because you're afraid you might offend anyone. Um, so, you know, talking to people about your reality, um, maybe outside of those situations is also good because usually our friends are the ones that we build relationship with, Right. Um, so if, if, if you share more of your life with them, it becomes easier for them to understand what you're going through. I've realized as well that I don't do that. You know, I, I go through my day and I deal with all my issues and I won't necessarily share um, unless they ask me. You know, so how how's, am I doing? Or, you know, how's the schools and all of that? Um, but I've, I've realized that it helps. It helps to talk outside of that situation and that when that situation arrives, it's almost as if they prepared in a way that that you might say no or that you might just guide them in a way and ask them, you know, um, when we get there, can we arrange that you know um, Jim has his separate um, pillow to sit on and and watch a movie or mm-hmm. you know, that helps. And then I have realized that that those friends of ours actually feel, helpful they feel like they helped me mm-hmm. if i could ask and they could help me um find a way there, there is the friends that still feel as well but you're not supposed to isolate them like that and you're not supposed to you know treat them like we spoke about another question treat them like normal kids but um you know it doesn't hurt to just actually speak your mind and say i've tried that but it doesn't work. Mm. It'll just really ruin the evening for us, you know. Yeah. You know.
0: <laughs> yeah. If I if I if I had a little sign that I could just hold up that says I've tried that, it doesn't work. Yeah.
1: <laughs> because
0: the amount of times that I found myself repeating that phrase is um, quite astonishing. Um, one of the one of the things I think a lot of people deal with, especially if you're going out and you know leaving your kids with uh, a carer and uh, doing something for yourself, one can often feel a little bit guilty. How do you deal with those feelings of guilt?
1: You know, that's a universal feeling. I think for any parent, for even for spouses, for um, people who work very hard, you know, to to take time for yourself is a self-care um moments and it's it's something that that I think no one of us really feel like we are allowed to give ourselves. Uh, But at the end of the day, my reason that I've been, you know, working with guilt in that regard is that I know that I'm a friendlier and better parent when I've had my time off. (laughs) I'm a better spouse. I'm a better parent. I'm a more loving person, you know, if I had some downtime, And that's good for everyone. So I just combat guilt with that. <laughs> and it's really true. Well, thank you for that. That was a
0: really useful discussion. Um, I think we'll move on to the audience questions. So uh, we've had another question out of the WhatsApp group. And this person asks, how do I respond to people saying my child doesn't look different or even act different? I'm sure, am I sure he is on the spectrum? How do I respond to people questioning his diagnosis? You
1: see, that is, oh, it's It's very, um, that I think is very controversial because, mm, you know, this is something,
0: honestly, this is something that really speaks to me because mm. um, Christian, especially, uh, he is incredibly high functioning. So he doesn't come across as autistic until, mm. you know, the, the situation really presents presents itself itself. Mm -hmm. um so i'm really
1: interested to hear what your thoughts are on this once um uh, our mother (laughs) told me um um, she listened to a radio program and one of the doctors spoke on it also discussing autism discussing behavioral diagnosis and and he said you know what if you want to really know what's wrong with this child ask the mother (laughs) And, um, you know, that doesn't really help us in this regard because that's people see that as an opinionated approach because um, say my opinion is not right. My observations aren't right, you know. But at the end of the day, it's not just the doctor. It's not just the diagnosis. It is what you have to go through every day. And um, for us, once we had diagnosis, we we could tackle our problems, and because we had lots of problems, we had parenting nightmares um, for years because of of not having diagnosis. And um, you know what? There's no right answer for yeah. for these questions, really, because if people are questioning this, chances are they, in any case, not going to believe what you're telling them, mm-hmm. because they have decided by themselves that they do not agree. But the fact of the matter and the truth is they are not living your reality mm. and they will not really know up until they are not the mother or, or father of the mm. child.
0: Um, and I've I, I found a lot of situations when when people are questioning that diagnosis, it's not necessarily that it's out of malicious intent or that they think that mm. it's wrong. It's mm. as if they are trying to give you a confidence boost as if they're trying it, to go yes. well, actually look he's fine he you know <laughs> they, they're, they're trying to be helpful they don't necessarily understand that it's actually the opposite of helpful but yes. uh, i think a lot of times one has to also um uh, understand that people's intentions might be good even though the expression of those intentions might be remarkably frustrating
1: yes yes that's very true
0: (laughs) great stuff well i think that's it for today uh thank you everybody for joining us again uh we hope you found the conversation helpful join us again next week when we'll be discussing accepting your child's diagnosis and denial of diagnosis uh As always, if you want to get in touch, search Parent Reality on Facebook and Instagram. Visit the website and don't forget to send your questions to podcast at parentreality.co.za. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. It helps other people find this podcast and is really, really helpful for us. And don't forget to share it on social media. Thank you, everybody, for listening and until next week.